Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. He kōna e purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. I was playing on my iPhone and came across this great YouTube clip. You have four minutes to dial that phone number. That's it? That's it. With that phone. That phone is a rotary dial telephone. So unlike the push buttons we have today, these young guys have to turn the dial to ring the numbers. Or do you go all the way around back here? Dude, that makes sense. Wait. Ah, yeah, yeah, we got it, we got it. Spoiler alert, they didn't got it. In fact, after the four-minute deadline, they still hadn't dialed the number. But these guys aren't alone. Most kids, and quite a few adults these days, have never seen a rotary dial phone. In fact, many people now don't even have a landline. I know that makes me sound ancient, but it wasn't actually that long ago that everyone had their own private secretary. She was called the operator. Number, please. I say she because operators were usually women, and in order to make a phone call in New Zealand, you had to ring the operator and ask her to connect your call. How long ago? We'll get to that, and it's pretty shocking. But what you need to know is the shift from manual to automatic telephone exchanges ushered in an era of rapid technological advances, which have made our current means of communication, you know, Skype, social media, Google Hangouts, almost unrecognisable to someone born just a few decades ago. If anybody had told me at the time I was, no, you're joking, it'd never happen. It's just impossible. This is Maury Chalinor. And the advances in communication technology since the time I started is, is just out of this world. Mm. And it's going that way and staying that way. Yeah. Improving all the time. Maury is nearly 87 and began working for the post office in 1948, back when it was in charge of pretty much all the country's communications. Today, he volunteers at MOTAT, Auckland's Museum of Transport and Technology. This seems like a great place to find out about that moment in time when we shifted from manual to automatic telephone exchanges, that moment when we stopped having an actual person connect every single phone call, that moment that changed how we communicate. We didn't automate the whole country at once. We certainly could not do that. This is Brian Potter. Born in 1954, so I'm a little, little younger than Maury. Um, Most people are these days. <laughs> <laughs> Brian spent 45 years working for Spark, Telecom and the New Zealand Post Office, basically living the evolution of the telephone. This is probably a good time for a bit of a history recap. 
Telecommunication came to New Zealand about 150 years ago, in 1862, when the first telegraph line was set up between Littleton and Christchurch. I often wish I had been born 50 years earlier so I could have experienced that, but I came in on the tail end of the Morse era. Morrie was a telegraph operator and postmaster in various places, including Antarctica. I qualified in, in telegraph in 1950, I think it was. It was only a year or two after that they stopped training people. Using machines like this one, Mori handled millions of important, confidential and sometimes irreverent messages. We often used to get telegrams coming through to the bride and groom saying, uh, don't buy your bed from farmers, they stand by every product they, they sell. <laughs> but as Mori says, he really missed the telegraph's heyday because the telephone was starting to take over. The first electrical transmissions of sound happened in early 1878, and by 1881, New Zealand had its first telephone exchange in Christchurch. Here's Brian Potter again. And you consider that the phone wasn't actually invented until um, 1876. Um, New Zealand was very early in the game. Early adopters then, but perhaps not thorough ones. The Morse system itself closed in about 1963, so there was no more hand telegraph Morse then. But the telegraph service closed as an entity in 1988. The telecom closed it down yeah. because there was no customers. What would you have been using a telegram for when you did have a phone? Yes. The phone situation in the country wasn't immediate. A lot of people couldn't afford telephones for a long, long time. Not only that, the technology wasn't available to be able to supply everybody with phones anyway. I think this country was rather behind, weren't we, with getting a full coverage of phones? Yes, because you've got to build the local network. Um, you can put in telephone exchanges everywhere, but you've got to actually send, extend that out into literally every home and every business in the land. To send a telegram, you had to go to the local telegraph office and get someone to translate it into Morse code. In comparison, making a phone call could be done from home and was pretty straightforward. So the customer wants to call an operator. Crank their handle, the drop shutter drops down, mm -hmm. and the operator puts their call, plugs in the call card. Number, please. 4723, please. Oh, I'm sorry, that's engaged. But if you give me your number, I'll ring you back as soon as they're finished. OK, you're going to be here this afternoon? Yes. Well, I'll call you back, all right? Thank you. Bye-bye. You get the personal service, let's see. And then you'd ring off. If you were one of the first... Um, telephone customers in New Zealand, you'd get a set like this, the Bell Blake phone. In 1810, so 10 years after those first phone calls, about 50 subscribers had telephones like this in their home or business. It's a beautiful machine made out of lovely dark wood with a crank handle on one side, an earpiece or receiver on the other, and a little box you speak into in the middle. On the top is a little silver bell like you'd find on a reception counter, which rings when someone is calling you. When you open them up, you'll see the fantastic workmanship and the way that they're put together and the, the care and skill. Now when you open up a, a modern phone, it's quite obvious it's been bashed together pretty quickly and the only thing that's shiny about it is the, the exterior of the case. But it wasn't exactly cheap to have a phone. The first subscribers paid about £17, 10 shillings a year. That's about $12,000 in today's money to rent their phone. In America, the first toll calls were about $25 US a minute. As calls got cheaper and as the service got cheaper, it became more of a mass market product. Until the cell phone today, you go and buy a prepaid cell phone from the shop and uh, some people just throw it away when they're finished with it. It also wasn't just a case of picking up the phone and making a call. 
In the 1920s, if you wanted to make an international call, you had to go down to the exchange. But it so happened that the Bishop of Wellington had been waiting for weeks to, for, for a call to London. That's about how long it uh, often took to get a good circuit. This is Cliff Matthews, who worked at the Wellington Exchange, where this story became legendary. It said the bishop went along to the exchange, but because it was after hours, he had to ring an operator to be let into the building. So the bishop finally arrived at the door phone and he said, I'm the Bishop of Wellington. The operator, having uh, had frequent calls on this phone from so-called cranks, promptly replied, and I'm May West, then hang up. The bishop did get to make his call, eventually. And even calls within the country had their challenges. Here's another switchboard operator who worked with Cliff in the Wellington Exchange in the 50s. Yes, when it called throughout New Zealand, when we had but 20 lines to Auckland, the public would experience from two to two and a half hours delay on the average for their calls of a morning. And when something major happened, like the Tangiwai disaster, the delays could stretch to days. And then there were the party lines. The first party lines were on those earliest telephone connections in the late 1800s, but we still had people on party lines more than a century later. This is where subscribers shared a phone line. You could have up to 10 people on the same line, everyone's phone rang when someone was calling, and you had to listen out for your specific ring. Like 74A, which is short, long, you know, or 74D, which is long and too short or M, which is too long, or S, which is three short. This is Lynn Pooley. She worked as a switchboard operator at the Monganui Exchange from 1968 to 1978. Our exchange was like one of the first ones in New Zealand, like so it was like an original exchange. They used to sometimes let me on there and have a tutu in the afternoons when it wasn't too busy. I really loved it. It was my job from leaving, almost from leaving school, so no, I loved it. She even kind of found her future husband Mike through the switchboard. We had friends that thought they would just sort of introduce us, seeing we were both single. So he worked in Kaitaia and I worked at Monganui, and he would ring me up on the one o'clock till seven shift and we would chat. Oh, that's very sweet. Isn't it? <laughs> How much chatting before you actually, you know, went out on a date? Oh, probably a couple of months. Things took a bit longer back in those days, didn't they? When you're doing shift work, you know, and you only get two days off every five weeks. You heard that right. Seven days a week for five weeks, then two days off. When Lynn started out at the exchange, there were five operators working shifts to cover a 24-hour service. And while it was a small exchange, it could get busy. Like Christmas. Like you never used to move off your bum sometimes for about three hours. It was very hard even to get a toilet break. The exchange grew in the decade Lynn was there. Well, we went from one and a half boards or two boards when I worked to three and a half. There's a hundred shutters on each board, but a lot of them were like party lines. The likes of out, I know, like at number five, which went out towards Taupo Bayway, there were about seven on the line. You had to make sure you had your code rings right, otherwise the wrong person would get the call. Yeah, so there were some quirks to the party line. The first trouble is that you can never get on the thing. This is a punter speaking to RNZ at the opening of the Palmerston North Automatic Telephone Exchange in 1961. 
You pick the receiver up, and you say working, and there's usually somebody there. If you've got to ring up somebody else who's also on a manual phone, you find that their line's engaged, and you have all that trouble. And then when you get through there, you're talking to them, and then somebody picks up the, the receiver, and you, you hear somebody say working, and then you know somebody else wants to get on the line, so you've got to catch a conversation short. Or oh, it certainly has drawbacks, and it'll be great when we get onto the, the automatic phone. Brian Potter, you know from Motet, he says there was some resistance to going automatic. In the very early days, some of the engineers said this will never be popular because we will never be able to teach people how to use an automatic phone. We'll always have to have a manual service for some people. But automation came. Slowly. Auckland got its first automatic exchange in 1913, but there were still manual exchanges in operation until at least the 1990s. Brian puts that down to politics and money. The network was controlled by the post office as a government department and the New Zealand government was always and still is cost constrained on the amount of money it could borrow to finance things. So when we became telecom, I remember that suddenly we could get money for things that were impossible to get money for as a New Zealand post office and we did automation projects that paid for themselves in two years. Brian's talking about that time of massive economic reforms in the 1980s, which included splitting up the post office and creating Telecom, which was then sold to American interests in 1990. There have been so many changes to the way we communicate, and generally we've embraced them all. By 2012, there were more mobile phones in New Zealand than there were people. But we lost something when we went automatic too. The telephone and the uh, brought communities together. I'm back at Motet now with Mike Watling, who volunteers with Brian and Mori. The cell phones are driving them apart because the community is so big and such a distance away that it's isolating people from each other. So there's no community now. Where the town had a manual exchange, the operators knew the business of the town very, very well, and in a sense they probably knew everybody else's business as well. Limpoli agrees. You always knew where people were. Don't ask me how we knew, but we always seemed to know where people were. Like if the policeman was out somewhere and they tried to ring him, you could say, well, I'm sorry, he's not there, he's out on a job. It was all that local knowledge. 40 years later, and she can still remember many of the numbers. Yes, number one was the hotel, two was the police station, number three was over at Marchant Point, number four was the four square... Okay, so the numbers were a bit smaller than the phone numbers we have now. But Lynn was obviously pretty attached to that switchboard. She and some friends ended up buying it. We only paid $200 for it, you know, because we just didn't want it to disappear from the north. At the centenary celebrations of the Wellington Exchange in 1950, Lindsay Lorimer forecast what telecommunications would be like in another 100 years. I don't think there'll be any operators. Pretty sure there wouldn't be. I should say uh, it'll be all uh, TV-ized. The subscribers will be able to just press a button or something like that and connect them with the party they want and they'll be able to see them. It's a dreadful thought, isn't it? He was pretty spot on, wasn't he? And it's not so terrible. But only 50 years have passed, so who knows what the next 50 will bring. Whatever it is, those young guys struggling with the rotary dial phone will probably have no trouble mastering it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Eyewitness, produced by me, Liz Garten, and engineered by Alex Aylett McMillan. Eyewitness is overseen by Justin Gregory, and our executive producer is Tim Watkin. This programme was made using audio from Ngā Taonga Sound and Vision, and the Te Ara and Awarua Communications Museum websites were super helpful. 
And a massive shout-out to Motat. It's an absolute hive of incredible technological treasures. If you like this series, there will be something at Motat for you. Get yourself along there. But while you're here, please rate this podcast and subscribe so you don't miss the excellent episodes coming up. There's one on the 1966 wool shock, which will be a ripper. And check out other RNZ podcasts too, like Two Cents Worth. Right, I guess I'll ring off now. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.